the second show, which is about six months later, I placed first in my division, first overall, and I got my pro card. So that was exciting because it was just my second show and to do that well and as a vegan because they had to say it in the routine. You know, this is Tori Washington. He's from blah, blah, blah. He's also a vegan. Welcome to the Plant-Based Entrepreneur Show with your host, Jerry Saber. Hi, my name is Jerry Saver, and this is the Plant-Based Entrepreneur Show, the podcast where I get to talk every week with the people making huge changes in the way we perceive and use plant-based and vegan products and the way we think about everyday things like clothes or food or working out and nutrients. So before we begin, I have to tell you that this is a pretty special episode because it's the first one we're doing live. Well, not live as in live broadcast, but live in person. I'm actually on the beach in Tulum, Mexico today, and my guest just flew down last week for the vegan fest that was happening here. I think his talk was a huge success. I mean, he's got nearly 100,000 followers on Instagram. People flew down here to see him. But besides being a rock star on social media, he is really making people rethink their approach to fitness, bodybuilding and foods, especially protein, because he's a pro bodybuilding champion and he doesn't use any supplements or powders. And if you've seen any of his pictures, you know this dude is totally shredded. So I'm really happy to be talking to Tori Washington today about how to rock social media, why we need to rethink protein, but also how he got to where he is now. So Tori, welcome to the show, man. Thank you. Thank you very, very much, Jerry. I, um, it's truly an honor to be here. It's an honor to even make it down to Mexico, you know, to be in this, this lovely weather, the beautiful places such as Tulum, and to be able to sit here and conversate with, my, with a good friend that, you know, that I just met. You know, it's, I appreciate this time that you've taken to sit with me. So. Well, I appreciate the time that you're taking to sit here with me. And um, I think your talk yesterday went pretty well. I mean, we were sitting right in the front row. At some point, I was afraid we we're going to get just stampeded over by all the girls in the audience. <laughs> you know, I, I, at times when I, when I speak, I always second, I second guess. You know, you, you have a little doubt in yourself. Sometimes you wonder if, it, do people get it? Do they are they hearing what you're saying? Are they truly, was it coming across effectively as you want it to? So you know, you're wondering and considering. Okay, should I've said that a different way? You know, so every time I speak, it's a learning process. I always get better. I feel like I can say something better. You know, and I make mistakes along the way, but hopefully it does go across well. I, I think that one went across really well i think the the audience loved you but speaking of your audience they know what you look like they know what kind of food you eat but what about the man behind all this i mean before we start talking about your nutrition your training regime i want to know who tori washington is like how did you grow up what was the biggest influence growing up like what what shaped your beliefs well, you know, um, that's very, very good question because it's a lot of different things that shape me as to where I am currently, you know, and, um, you know, I was born in Alabama. I lived 
in Jamaica. Left Jamaica and then I moved to the States. I moved back to the States and I lived in Florida. You know, so when I lived in Florida, it's where I went to high school and, and middle school. And my mother raised me vegetarian. You know, she raised me vegetarian based on her religious beliefs, her spiritual beliefs, which were, she was a seven-day Adventist. Oh, you yeah. Know, which, you know, they, they attend church on Saturday. They're like know. one of the healthiest subgroups of people on yeah, the planet. Yeah, I think they're part of the actually. blue. Yeah, one of the blue zones. Blue zones, yeah. yes, yes, yes. You know, but unfortunately, not all of them are that way. You know, some of them still to this day now consider it okay to consume animals. And that is because they figure, hey, you know, food is blessed and we can continue to now eat meat. You know, so, but yeah, that's, that's, that's the beginning of how I became more, became even knowledgeable of that type of eating. So you were raised with no meat at all, Correct. but still eating cheese and, and eggs and yes, dairy yes, products yes, and, yes. and stuff like that. And what, what happened then? Well, when I say it was cheese and eggs, those things kind of were basically in the products. You know, a lot of, back then when I was being raised, you know, you had a lot of the Morningstar stuff, mm -hmm. things like that. You know, Morningstar, even to this day, certain of, certain of their products have eggs in them. Yeah. And I guess that gives them certain, that specific taste. And so when I moved to Jamaica, you know, of course I moved back. But in Jamaica, during that time frame, my grandparents, my grandparents, they didn't know anything about vegetarian, vegan, or whatever. And that is when I was introduced to meat. And so I did have a little meat living with them. Lived with them for a few years, and then I moved back to the States. And then eventually I transitioned back. But I transitioned more so to vegan after really taking on the Rastafarian lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And the Rastafarian lifestyle was one that basically taught me the lifestyle of being Aital. You know, and Aital is natural. You know, Aital is supposed to be living off the land where you can go live in the jungle or in the bush and the food you eat and the utensils you use are based from your surroundings, your environment. So you didn't have plates and forks and knives and things like that living in the bush. You're gonna use coconut shells for your your plate, you know. Mm -hmm. So you're gonna use those things in which to eat out of. And so, seeing that seeing that that was the way it was supposed to be as a Rasta, most of the Rasta that I knew still ate fish and chicken. And I was like, well, if I want to truly be a Rasta and live Aita, that's that sounds like a hypocrite. Uh, my integrity. So I wanted to really take it to that next level, and I cut all of that out, cut anything that was any form of animal and or byproduct or what have you. And when later on I found out that that was called vegan, you know, <laughs> and that was 1998. So, so this concept of ITAL, it doesn't specifically prohibit or exclude the use of animal products. It's it more should. like living off whatever you can gather right, or right, right, find right. and get from, from the land. Right. And then it even so just, if you think about it, living in the, the jungle or in the bush, you don't have salt. Salt is not just accessible. So no. even Rastas sometimes didn't, didn't use salt in their food, you know, because they didn't figure you're adding taste when you should just usually just really be eating naturally. Yeah, which it's kind of funny because when people think of Rastafarianism and plants, I don't think it's really plants as food that they think of it's yeah something else but <laughs> no it, it's a really 
cool, cool concept. And right. it's interesting how various religions actually include some form of veganism or at least the approach to food that pretty much treats animals as beings that are not to be abused. Right, right. So, okay, so that was 1998 when you realized that you, you were actually vegan. And um, what, what happened then was, were you, build, were you bodybuilding then? Were so, you into fitness back then? My fitness journey basically started out because living in Jamaica, you know, think about this. I was a guy that was born in Alabama. Mm -hmm. In Alabama, they have a country, they have more of an accent that's very considered country. Right? So I leave Alabama, go to Jamaica, and I have a twang is what they call it. Uh, sort of a twang. So of course the, the, the kids would make fun of my, the way I sounded. Mm -hmm. So living there after about two to three, after three years, I eventually picked up a Jamaican accent. And so now I was able, able to fixate between both of them. And so when I moved back to the States, lived in you know Florida, I was picked on again. This time because I had a Jamaican accent. But while in Jamaica, I don't know what swayed me, but maybe it was internal just anger of being picked on. I started to just do push-ups, and my grandfather was an electrician, so he had this iron weight that it was some type of utensil he used to, I guess, solder. Mm -hmm. He would lay things on it and solder, and I started curling it. You know and how I, heavy it was? I don't even remember. But so I, just you know, think about me being... Nine to twelve years old, started curling it, doing crunches, and doing sit-ups and push-ups, and I think I did this to emulate the superheroes that I would see on television, like wanting to be like Superman and Wolverine and those type of people. Which one was your favorite? I don't have out of those two. If you think about it, they are very different. Oh, you know, yeah, Wolverine is I'm gonna come come at you. I don't care who you are. Whereas Superman, he calculates and thinks yeah I don't want to give you all my power I don't want to hurt you really can we just slow it down you know eh, I'm no. just asking because Wolverine was definitely one Correct. of my favorite scores. I would say I think Wolverine is the is would be my favorite but I like Superman and the fact that when he if he really let loose he would he be could that, destroy he the could entire destroy. world exactly he's got the integrity whereas Wolverine is just yeah, full on. Correct. Out. Wolverine yeah. is shoot me, I'll come back, but it may take a minute, you know, but I'll be back. Yeah. You know, whereas Superman, you can shoot him, and he's like, dude. And I think maybe that's why his integrity was maybe I, maybe it's the integrity. His integrity is what I liked, but I also liked their physiques, even though they were just drawn that way. I would draw them all the time. Mm -hmm. I would draw bodybuilders, people I started to see, as you know, later on in life. So then I moved to the States and, you know, started to get picked on again, but this time because of how I sounded and I was around a lot more people, a lot more Caucasians. And so at that time, you know, I was young and didn't know, didn't, didn't know how to be accepted in a sense. And that pushed me again. I said, you know what, I bought, my mom got me a weight bench and I had like one dumbbell so I started working out in my little back screen porch you know just whatever I could I started reading magazines you know just kind of understanding 
how to work out, how to train, saw mm. the bodybuilders and I said, man, okay, I can look like that. Then I started really getting into Arnold Schwarzenegger, watching his movies, watching Commando. I loved Commando. That was mm -hmm. one of my favorite. Then Predator and Raw Deal and Conan the Barbarian. Then I saw Pumping Iron. I bought the Pumping Iron encyclopedia of Arnold to lift weights. And I said, all right, I want to compete. But I was in middle school. But I started just working out, but I would work out at the gym in the school and at the gym down the street, Gold Gym. But I didn't really know about competition. I would go to shows when I had an opportunity. and um, But I, I think I thought I knew what I was doing just based on watching and reading the magazines. Mm -hmm. because so, so you had no, no trainer or mentor right, or anything? Right, you right. were just hitting the gym and hitting the weights and reading the magazines. Read the magazines. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. And that led me to, all right, let's see if I can compete. But I didn't do it. Ended up playing American football, running track, and playing soccer, which we call football in Jamaica, on the side. I think it's called football pretty much all over the world, except the States. Exactly. And that, when I, when I attempted American football in, in high school, I injured my knee. Mm -hmm. And I injured my knee to a point where I didn't realize it at the time that I needed surgery, but I didn't do it because I didn't know. They went in, I went into the hospital. All I did was wrap it up, say, oh, you pulled the tendon. You'll be good. And that was that. But it kind of sidelined me for track and field. And, you know, I couldn't really work out for a little while. And eventually I graduated high school, went to college. And I just actually just, I was that average guy that just goes to the gym and works out you know um and then eventually once i graduated high school went to college went to college during college i worked out and a friend of mine after i had actually graduated college i started working as an engineer because i went to tuskegee university got an engineering degree mm -hmm. and i was working as an engineer and a friend of mine called me and we were you know we talked pretty often he said a friend of ours is competing he started bodybuilding competing competing And he was actually competing in Georgia, Atlanta. And I said, really? Because to me, I didn't know that this guy was even into it. And so I decided to go because I said, I would love to see what he's doing. And when I saw him on stage, when I saw him walk off the stage, just seeing him in person, seeing how chiseled his physique was, it inspired me to say, that's that superhero look that I wanted to. Because I thought I looked good. But then when I saw that, I said, oh, shoot, I don't look good at all. always another level, right? Yeah. yeah. And so I asked him, I said, man, okay, I think I want to do this. Because I, I remember saying to myself, life is too short to get to the end of it and say, man, I should have done this. And so I decided to just, all right, let's do this. And he told me, okay, I can help you, but I know you're vegan. I don't know about your eating. Like, what do you eat? So did he become like your first trainer Correct. or yeah so he kind of helped me train efficiently to get on stage because he had done multiple shows prior to him winning this this show that I went to mm -hmm. so I guess it was seeing him winning is probably what pushed me to say I could I want to do this you know so just imagine if he hadn't won I don't know what what would have happened would it have inspired me I don't know 
you know, so, and six months later, I got on stage with his assistance, you know, I just basically ate less of some vegan food that I was eating and just continued to train. And um, he was actually surprised because he said to me, how do you get so lean, you know, eating what you were eating, you know, which was all fruits, vegetables, but it was mostly like, I was doing a lot of like the luncheon meats and uh-huh. um, the tofu, of course. Yeah. I was doing a lot of vegetables. I was doing a lot of bread, doing lots of peanut butter and bread because, you know, when you're living by yourself, you make what's fast. Yeah. You know, just slap it on and eat. And that's what I was doing. Burritos. I would get bur- I would get some Amy's organic burritos from Whole Foods, mm-hmm. take those to work with me. And I would have that every day. But there wasn't any effort from his side to, to convince you that, no, you should actually be including animal protein or whey no, powders or they had or known whatever. me for so long yeah. that I was vegan that to them it was, that's, what, that's who Tori is. That's Tori. You know, so it wasn't like they were thinking, man, you should change. The only people that actually said stuff like that were the judges at the shows because they were saying, man, you have a great physique. Your symmetric proportions, your definition, your conditioning. If you could just add on some more size, maybe you need to let me eat some meat and get bigger. You know, that's the only thing that we're saying. But I would, that's only because I placed second or I placed third. If what, I was a little what, what bigger, I would be first. How, how did you do it this first competition? So, this first competition, when I did it in April of 2009, I uh, did third place out of 16. And that was really surprising to me because. I didn't know how I was going to do, how I was going to fare. You know, you walk out there, you see these guys, you're like, oh boy, all right, here we go. And to get third place, I was really excited. I said, man. So I went and asked the judges, you know, get their critique of what I could do better. And I remember one judge told me, because man, when you're on stage, the first time ever, you're nervous. You know, you don't know you're doing everything properly. I had my, I remember hearing my friends say, Tori. Pick your head up, pick your head up. And I didn't realize I was chest up. Oh, okay. I was tired. And you're squeezing every muscle. I in saw your body. you yesterday when you were just doing that little display at the Tulum Vegan Fest. And it was what, less than five minutes? You were sweating at the end. It was really, it's hard work, eh? It is a hard work. Just yeah. imagine that 30 minutes of that. And so, when they, you know, I asked the judge, the judge said, well, the guy next to you kept his legs engaged than you, more than you did. So when I would look away and look back, yours was engaged, but his were. That's what made him put him ahead of you. <laughs> I remembered that. And so I knew from the next time that I was going to pay attention to, to my posing and really master it so that way my posing would come out well. And so the second show... I made sure to do that. And the second show, which was about six months later, I placed first in my division, first overall, and I got my pro card. So that was exciting because it was just my second show and to do that well and as a vegan because they had to say it in the routine. You know, this is Tory Washington. He's from blah, blah, blah. He's also a vegan. But, you know, I just said that to say it. And then later on, after I started doing more shows, my friend said to me, man, you need to let everybody know that you are a vegan because we've never seen a vegan look like you. Mm-hmm. And that would be an amazing way to get your message out. 
what, what were some of the reactions from, from the bodybuilding <clears throat> community? Because, you know, vegan bodybuilders definitely are getting more common now and right. getting more exposure as well. But even five or what was that? You said six, was seven years ago? 2009? Yeah, yeah, that was a while. That was, years ago? Yeah, eight, that was about eight years ago. Eight years ago. So, yeah, then people were amazed because I would get I would get off stage and people from the audience who compete would come up to me like, man, I hear you're vegan. He said, man, I, I actually thought about it, but I was so concerned about losing muscle and being able to get shredded. But you do it so well that you inspired me to actually start looking into it more. And then I would get competitors backstage actually telling me like, man, I, w I need to talk to you because I get so tired of eating chicken and broccoli and chicken and asparagus and fish and asparagus day in and day out and that's what they think they have to eat in order to get the look they're looking for so they you know that they're being they're being told okay don't eat these vegetables don't eat this fruit you know don't eat this bread don't drink this water you know because it will hinder your ability to look the way you need to on stage yeah so they were really excited to find that to finally see someone that can do it and beat them doing it yeah i mean some of the meal plans that you see that's not not even pro bodybuilders but just the guys who are heavily into it the gyms that looks horrible and not just in terms of the food that they eat but the way that they eat yes. and the way that they just weigh every tiniest amount of what they put into their mouths and then along come you and you're not even tracking your intake the way I understand it, right. you simply you eat clean. And, and let, let, let's 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 talk about that. Yeah. The one thing that's really it's kind of infiltrated the fitness community is this thing called clean eating. Yeah. Right? Clean eating in and of itself is really no such thing. I think you know, unless you you're washing your food, so yeah, that's clean. But Dirty clean, you know, to give it those connotations is kind of making it seem as though there's only one specific way. So, for example, someone say clean eating is where they are eating something that's grilled versus fried. Yeah. But actually, the only thing that's actually making it different, making the difference is you put the oils into it. So it increases the caloric density and increases the fat content but not necessarily anything wrong with that because if you are certain about the calories that you need for the day, you can still consume that versus the grill and still be able to get the look you want. It's just being able to, because when you cut out certain things, you're really changing your calories. Basically, that's the end of, that's the, end of the story. You're, you're changing your caloric intake when you cut out certain foods or certain types of food because that's, because usually what happens is you don't know how you can't you're it's hard for you to estimate the calories in that because you don't know how much fat is actually in that when it comes to the density of that food you're eating. Yeah. And while we're on the subject of that, do I know you you don't generally track, but do do you keep just, you know, some sort of basic overview of what what you're consuming during the day? Yeah. yeah. In, in a sense of. If I know I'm getting ready for a competition, I may, um, 
I would limit my amount of sugars, as in like cakes and donuts, because honestly, I'm not getting any nutrient content from that. If I'm getting certain foods, because certain sweets have no nutrients, just sugar, but certain vegan ones tend to be very dense with nutrition because what we put into it, you know, we may put some chia or some flax into it, so we get a lot of micronutrients there, you know, and so when you eat that sweet, it's so dense, and this, you know, how you eat it, you're like, well, that's a lot, you know, I don't need it, I can eat another one, because it's so fortified with, with nutrition and the nutrients in there that it doesn't taste like sweet, it, t- yeah. it tastes more good for you than, like, oh, I'm treating myself to a donut, you know, um, so I, I basically, if I, if I know I've eaten something in the morning that was heavy, I may keep my rest of the day kind of light. Heavy in terms of calories consumed? Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. So if it's a lot of calories based on like if I ate a lot of, uh, let's say if I ate a big bowl of cereal with a nice peanut butter sandwich and then I had some yogurt as well with some granola or some fruits in it and a bagel, per se. I know that was a heavy breakfast. Yeah. So that, my, that is a heavy breakfast. <laughs> but I, I, I could do that. I'll do that sometimes. And um, then my next meal may not be as big, you know, and so forth. You know, then I'll go train and then I'll work out. You know, I may work out twice or maybe work out once. And then I'll, my next meal may not be as heavy. And then I just continue on through my day until I feel like, okay, looking at how my physique looks by the end of the day, I'll adjust the next day or I just keep going. So you basically just play it by feeling. Is, yeah, is feel there, and look. Is there a certain amount of calories that you're aiming for? No, I don't really. I'm, I'm pretty sure that you get heaps of questions like that. Yeah, and that's time. when I even when I began this thing called bodybuilding, I didn't count or track. The only reason I say that is because when I was taught to eat a certain time, it was eat this at this time and then eat this at this time. Then I found out that scientifically it doesn't make sense because it's really just the amount of calories you're getting in for the day. Whereas it was professed that you need to eat every three hours, no matter who you are, in order to get your body to sh- cut, shred, and you need to eat only these types of foods, you know, like a, a one carb, some protein, mm-hmm. and vegetables. And eat those every three hours, you'll get the body you look, you want. And that's so. Back then, I wasn't counting either, so it, it just kind of translated into this the way I eat now. Because since I didn't track then, I don't track now. But now I can, I eat differently. I eat things that I want to eat, things that I like to eat. And if I know that I'm going to be doing a competition or getting ready for a video shoot or photo shoot, I may eat less, but I still may eat the things that I want. You know, just that less of it, less of the portion sizes are differently, so that way I know that the calories are smaller. Mm-hmm. Calorie intake is less. Now that we're talking about food, uh, what I wanted to ask is where where do you get yours? Like, do do you prepare most of your own meals? Do yes, do yes. you eat out a lot? So um, I eat out a lot. Sometimes I eat out only certain times. Like if I'm out training somewhere in a different state, oh heck yeah, I'm eating out because I. I just want to experience some vegan food from somewhere else. Exactly. But um, there are times where I will bring my food with me. Like I'll make it. I'll bring it with me only so I can take it on the plane and have something to eat on the plane. Something. To eat. Make sure I have something definite. There are times I forget, and 
they pass out some peanuts that aren't honey roasted, I'll eat those. You know, and or they'll pass out something that's, I, you know, is it vegan? Can I check the label? I have to check, you know, and I'll eat that. But I, I make sure to at least get my water in. And um, but typically at home, I'm making my meals. You're making yeah, your I, but meals. But I usually pick one day, like Sunday, for example, do most of my shopping, mm-hmm. and then I'll do all, then we'll do all of our cooking on that Sunday nice. for the rest of the week. And. While we're on the subject of eating out and all that, how did you like the taco competition on Friday? Oh, that was really good. I I wish I should have paced myself a little bit <laughs> because you know it's four different restaurants, and I didn't realize they were giving us two tacos. Yeah, two tacos so each. That's a total of eight, and it wasn't. I still had eaten that. That ate a big. I went to the pitted date first, and I ate. Well, you you know, yeah, I had, yeah, we were there. <laughs> had all that stuff. And then I said I had to have that tacos later, so the, I ate the first four tacos. Then I said, "Oh shoot, I need to slow down because I need to taste the next the next four. But it was truly amazing, you know. To it's it's to go from where I started with vegan to now to see the explosion of the different. I'm so excited that these guys and these chefs have come to create such amazing delicacies in the vegan world that people from everywhere can taste and experience vegan and not feel like oh man all you guys do is just eat salad you know and tofu maybe and tofu, yeah, yeah. They, uh, tofu and salad is usually the main thing thrown in it i was saying the exact same thing to my it's just i had a total taco hangover the next day uh, i'll admit but man some of the stuff that you can do now what those guys are doing that's exactly what you said you know it, it's so amazing how far we've come in terms of creating different flavors and dishes that are really indistinguishable right. to, to what you can get right. as a meat eater right. so I, I don't think there's any reason for anyone to hold back and be afraid of eating bland on on vegan food exactly cool so the other thing besides food, which is probably pretty important to you, is your workout routine. So how does that look? You know, I really don't have a, a routine. And that's because of where I am now. My training is totally different. I don't train to say, okay, let's do, let me, I'm going to make sure I do back and by on Monday, chest and try Tuesday, legs blah 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 I don't do that anymore now I used to a long time ago but I didn't have it written down on a thing where I would okay check this off I did this much weight I don't know maybe I should but I've never done that I've done it and I don't do it now sorry I have done that but only for a short time so I think in the beginning people who are starting out need something to follow to kind of get them used to and knowledge of how to train because it used to be the old adage you had to train certain body parts together but as a natural athlete some body parts need to be trained often because our to get to stimulate certain muscles they lose it after a while and you have to keep growing keep hitting them because we're not we're not um filled with anabolics or performance enhancing drugs those things kind of help someone who doesn't 
you need to train every day or train that body part every day. You can train. If you have, I mean, I'm learning this, that if you have um, anabolics or help from drugs, you can train a lot less than someone who is natural because the natural way of training, you have to do things a little bit more. You know, you can't just train biceps once and be like, all right, okay, I don't need to train biceps until next week. You know, which you sort of, because if you're doing back, you're also hitting buzz a little bit. But um, I train now more also on what do I look at as weakness on me? You know, if there's a certain, certain body parts that I find that are weaker, that could be better, I train them more often. So I may go into the gym and hit my back totally, the posterior chain. When I say back, I mean my whole backside, meaning I may hit my, I'll hit my hamstrings, I'll hit my glutes, I'll hit my backs, my rear delts, my triceps, my traps, and my calves. And all in one training all session. All in one training session. Because that's all behind me, you know. And so it, it also it gives me a lot of focus back there because when you're on stage, what typically the, for the guy trains is his chest, arms, shoulders because that's what we see you know that's what the women see you're like hey baby how you doing you know know, whatever so when you're on stage you're up here like this and then you turn around it's like what happened to your back you know you know i want to make sure that when i I, i'd rather turn around and then you're like whoa okay he pays attention because we don't see this much you can see your chest and your front all the time you know so it's good when you i saw someone videotape me the other day doing back and I was like wow back looks pretty good I haven't seen that in a while you know so <laughs> you always want to work I I'd like to work on those areas that are I find need to be need to need more work you know my upper chest things like that you know so I'll and even legs I do legs more often now I used to not do them as often mm-hmm. but now I understand that legs are a muscle that needs to be trained because we use them every day if you're walking you know well we we're kind of supposed to use them every day, but the way that most people live now, uh, I would say legs are one of the most underworked parts of the body that we're supposed to be doing work every single day, right? We're turning into that cartoon with that, that came out, was it Echo? With a little robot where he was on a planet where all these people had, they were floating. They rode, they rode things all to go everywhere. They never had to get up. They were all just obese, their bones kind of shrunk because they didn't do any type of activity anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, we're getting to that point where everything is so convenient, you know, that we're not going to be utilizing our body. Yeah, because you, know, you I can mean, get we're starting to, everything delivered to your doorstep. Yeah. yeah. We know the creativity is disappearing, you know, so we're becoming so dependent on technology that, you know, it can be a gift and a curse. Yeah. So now that this was your approach to workouts but since you mentioned the mind how how do you take care of that like you obviously you're you're in great physical shape but you know since you're more than just your body how do you work out what's up here between your ears and how do you take care of Spirit. yourself spiritually so yeah. when i um, of course i was raised in a in a religious background and but to me, I never looked at religion anymore as importance because to me, I, I looked at religion as now as a prison, you know, because it kind of traps you into tradition, 
and rules that you must follow in order to be a certain way, right? So now it's becomes more of being being at one with the energy that flows through the, through us all. So I, when I went to college, you know that's that opened my mind more. I started reading more, reading lots of everything. I read more on the Egyptians. I read a lot about the you know African history and heritage and just world history, but from a different outlook, you know, versus, you know, when you think of the word history, it's called his story, you know, versus someone else's story. I want to learn my story, you know, a story of, of a people and of other people, because the one thing about learning about yourself, you have to learn about others as well. And that was something I started doing a lot of, I started doing a lot of reading. Of course, some readings made me a little more angrier than others, you know, to see how things were done in the past and how they really haven't changed much. They just have become more hidden. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we see it today, you know, where things have changed, but not really. You know what I mean? You know, yes, we can earn an, earn a, earn a living. We can make money. We can do certain things. But some people are still slaves mentally, physically, and spiritually. And it's just, um, just the change that's just the change, have right? changed. And a lot of things that used to happen in the past, now we can see because of the invent of the camera. You know, now that everybody has a camera, you can see things that probably have always been done. So I continue to, you know, I read as much as possible, but I don't read as much as I used to. Because, of course, when you're in college, you did more of that. You know, so I, I, I like to read things that are entrepreneurial at heart, where, you know, things like um, I talk about smart passive income, things that talk about helping you extend your, your being for generations. So that way, you are always looking out for the next generation, not just yourself. Spiritually, I need to work more on that. You know, I think um, once you get so, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? When you get into other things, you kind of forget those things. And that's why I like to sometimes get, get back to places like this, yeah. where you're connected with nature, you're connected with the animals. You know, and that's the beautiful thing about being vegan is we are more in tune to want to know to be with the animals to see their freedom be possible and it teaches us that being one with the animal one with nature you know it's like you create that whole universal consciousness and i think we're losing we we've lost that in the past but i think it seems like there's a resurgence that people are starting to realize okay all these different factions around one big whole don't need to exist you know and I because everybody's unique someone feels like I need to create my own you know and then I create my own then I create my own and now we're at war because you're not doing what I'm doing you know and that's not how it should be it should be all together to continue it's like a circle to keep it all going around together and I think we we just take it and split pieces and take pieces versus continue as a whole Beautiful. Now, since you mentioned that you're more into entrepreneurial stuff, I think that's a great cue to, to head on over into the more business part of, of this interview. And, um, you know, how, how did you get into social media? When, when did you start with that? You know, I have always had the mindset that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. When I 
started out at college, of course I had my locks and I went into, before I left, I wanted to be a veterinarian. I just wanted to take care of animals. I, but I was like, man, I, I love animals. Maybe I'd be a veterinarian. But then I saw how much school they had to do. I was like, uh, maybe not. You know, and then how the animal can't, the cat can't say, hey, listen, Tori, my foot hurts. Can you fix it? Yep. You have to be like, and then meow, and like, oh, sorry. Okay, now I got to figure out what's wrong. So I just thought that was, that was tough. But how, how can I serve in some capacity? Then I went to college and went into, I went into college undecided. Undecided because I just wanted to figure out what I was going to do. And I liked taking things apart, putting them back together. I loved cars. And I said, hmm, engineering. So I went into mechanical engineering. Going into mechanical engineering, of course, you know, you had to go out and get a corporate job. People kept saying, yeah, you're going to have to cut your hair. I said, no, I'm not. Because of my way of being and reading and learning, I said, you know, Rastaman, the boat on to Babylon. Babylon is considered, you know, that corporate entity that tries yeah. to control everything. I was like, yo, I'm a lion. I don't need to bow down to nobody. I'll get out there. I'll get a job. I got a job. What was it? It was, I was a manufacturing engineer at a Japanese company. And they didn't care about my hair. They were just, I was an engineer. So I started working there, learned Japanese, actually went to Japan, went to the Philippines, went to China. And that's because I've always wanted to, and there's, there's so much depth that we can go into, but I've wanted to learn, like, I've wanted to learn 10 you, languages. You know, you, you, you can go deep here if you wish. You I, wanted to go, go I wanted to learn 10 languages. The reason I like to learn languages is because I always want to get to know the person, like get to know people. Like if I go to a country, I don't want to stay in the tourist area. I want to go and talk to the people. See what actually yeah, life see, is you like. Know, learn about yeah. what they're doing. Like when I went to the Philippines, the Philippines, the Philippines are great people. But I was there as a, as a Japanese ambassador because I was working for a Japanese company. And so I was there to learn manufacturing. And, but the people loved me. They were like, oh my God, who is this guy? <laughs> So they would take me to their homes and feed me. I'm like, okay, I'm vegetarian. They were like, okay, some rice, some vegetables. Tokwa, tokwa is tofu. And they would make that for me and do stuff for me. And I was thinking, well, I look skinny. Why do everybody want to feed me? <laughs> so, so I, but I loved it there. You know, it was just great just to be in, be in that, that, that arena. And I learned the dialogue as much as possible just so I can talk with the people. And um, they thought it was like, this guy can speak to me. But I adapted them so quickly. You know, that even the Japanese, I picked it up when I went to Japan. And just you know, the president of the company, his wife, didn't know English that well. So he figured, okay, she could teach you Japanese, you can help her with English. That's how we did it. And so I was able to really immerse myself in the Japanese culture and the language because I love that. You know, and so German, I wanted to learn German. I, want, I still do. You know, maybe I still have time. You know, but I know when you're younger, thought, your mind yeah. is, you can absorb things easier. But, but yeah, you know, so engineering, graduate, get a job. And after about four years at that specific company, I felt like I hit the, the top because it was a small transplant Japanese company. Me and the president were very close. And, and so I felt like I just had nowhere else I could go. So I looked into 
working somewhere else. And Honda came around. And um, so I started working with that company. But the first day, Jerry, I, I didn't like having to be controlled. Like they gave you a card key to check in when you come to work. Mm -hmm. I was like, wait a second, I'm an engineer. Why don't I have to go beep? I'm not working on the line. But they wanted everybody to be treated like that. Mm -hmm. And after 11 times of being late, late is one second. After the set hour, obviously. One yeah. second, you're late. 11 of those, you're done. I was, I got to 10. <laughs> and I said, I'm not, I don't need to be here. But I decided to say, you know what? It's not about you. Go ahead and learn what you need to do, you know, and see what happens. So 10 years there. And eventually I knew I had always not wanted to work for someone, have someone be like, hey man, your break was a little long there. What happened? Where are you going? You know, you can't be doing that. I didn't like that. You know, I didn't, I don't think life is meant for you to go somewhere, go to bed, wake up, do the same thing over and over and over and over and over. You know, it's a journey. You're supposed to do, experience different things, not just when there's a vacation or when the plant is shut down or what have you is going mm -hmm. on. It's when you feel like it. You know, you should be able to have that, that more control, that freedom. You know, even so, even during work, you know, the kind of work that you describe yeah. right now, where you just set in that box and you have that time frame when you're supposed to be working, that's, that's kind of the worst conditions to be working in. Right. Because you can see that most of the forward-thinking companies right now are giving more freedom to, to their staff. You know, they can come whenever they want, leave whenever they want. They can work from home. The important yeah. thing is they do the things they're supposed to do and they get get them done. And and most of the times we love what we do, but it's the environment that, that kills it. And yeah. so you don't want to do it anymore. So you feel like, ah, oh, I don't like this anymore. And it's not necessarily the craft that you picked up. It's just where you are. And that's the thing, because I love engineering. But now I engineer physiques. You know, I asked, I do that, I do it a different way. I do it in a way that I like doing it. And so it, I started out doing network marketing. Mm -hmm. That was my first jump into being an entrepreneur. And of course, you know, network marketing, they sell you really good. You know, hey man, you can make a million dollars, get this Ferrari and this Porsche and you know, a big house and look, see what I'm doing. And you're like, ah, yes, this is it. Then you go and harass your family and friends. Hey, how you doing? Would you be interested in learning how to make an extra $500 a month? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, here, watch this. So and I started doing that. After a while, everyone starts avoiding you. Yes. Right? So I get to the point people are like, that's all Tori's talking about. Don't talk to him. Now, mind you, I did, I did pretty good in it. But um, it, felt, it felt really like I wasn't doing it out of helping them. It was more so to help me. And I didn't like that that feeling that you get, you know, you feel like you're selling somebody and I didn't want to do that. So I did that for, but I did it for five years. I, I learned a lot. I learned a lot about myself. I learned about, I started reading a lot more on personal development. Mm -hmm. And I think that personal development also helped me become a better person, you know, because I felt that if I learned that if you're talking to people just because you want to get something from them, 
then yeah. Yeah. You know? You're, you're not getting far with that. Right. So I had to learn that I needed to, I should want to talk to people just because I want to talk to people, not just because I want to get something from them, you know? And so fast forward, I decided to say, you know what? My friends told me you should tell the world about you being vegan. And I decided to do that. Started a Facebook page, personal. And um, then I started a Facebook athlete page. And then when Instagram came out, you know, I started Instagram. But I just started you know, just putting little things on there. Never did I think that, I was, that it was going to morph into what it is now. Do you remember the first thing that you posted on, on Instagram? I don't think, I think it was more, because I, I was doing Instagram more out of fun. Because I was still yeah. a hunt, I was still working as an engineer. It was just me just posting out of fun. You know, whenever I would travel somewhere, I would post stuff that would go to certain restaurants. Yeah. I would post the food there. I personally had a competition, like I'm getting ready for a show in my, in my ugly looking underwear. But I thought my body looked good, so I didn't care about the underwear. You know, nowadays you got to make sure that the, the, the picture is quality, you know. So I would do that. And then I started training. Mm-hmm. clients on the side so you, know, you got clients for for your work as a, yeah, as a trainer from right, from your right, social media right. you know they would see you yeah not from social media from me just being the guy at my 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 place of work mm-hmm. who was vegan and fit as all get up and they were like whoa so people would ask me can you train me and i started training people and getting people for shows and competing and they were doing well and so then eventually, this, I remember this Jim asked one of the clients, you think he'll quit his job and come here? And they were like, I don't know. And around that time frame, I started to realize, I said, you know what? I think I should do this full time. I think I, I think I can make this work. And so I decided mentally that I was done because I was going to work like, I don't want to be here. I don't care what happens. And when I, I know when you get to that point, you don't need to be there yeah. because it affects how you do your work, you know? So I could have just kept and pushed it out, but I felt like now it was time to, time to, it was time to move. So from that point on, you were kind of seriously creating your own personal brand. Not even, I was just ready to go. And I decided to quit, you know, put in my two weeks. And, um, when I did that, I got a call from my manager now and we were like kind of the Instagram stuff mm-hmm. and then they called me so we shared information and we talked they talked about it they didn't even realize that that's what I was looking to do but I didn't even either I just didn't know what I was gonna do how I was gonna do this you know but, but they say it's the, you really don't know the how you just got to do it and it just happens so it just happened they decided to manage me and help me and I didn't know Tori Washington was going to become a brand. You know, I didn't realize it was, I started as the vegan dread. You know, I'm thinking, oh, I'm vegan, bodybuilder. I got dreads. Do it like that. You know, and little did I know that that was just a euphemism. And usually those things aren't where you want to be known as because, you know, you want people to know who you are, know your name. And I started thinking about that. You know, I said, oh, wow. You don't say, I'm the guy that played Jerry Maguire. You say Tom Cruise, you know, you, you say Brad Pitt, you know, those, those people are known by the name. Even though Dwayne Johnson is known by The Rock, they still know his name, you know. Um, but it, it, and it just changed, 
I mean, it just continued to grow. I started, I, I had, even at the Vegan Dread, I put out some t-shirts and they sold, which I was like, wow. But that was before I had management. And now that I have management, things are just going amazing. I mean, I didn't know, I had been told, so you need to write a book. How do you do that? You know, and, and now I have two eBooks out, you know, and I have a website that's dedicated directly to, you know, my way of serving. Cause I've always had a, a passion to serve and help others, mm-hmm. but I just didn't know in what, to what capacity that would be done. I didn't realize that me being who I am and competing the way I eat would inspire other people. You know, you never realize it's right there. Yeah, your you think story of something is else. right there within you. Yeah. you. You don't have to go out and, and look for it. Right. It's, it's already there. You know, and so sometimes I, I sabotage myself because, you know, you, we all as humans have done things in our past that we didn't like. And you think, I don't deserve certain things. Because sometimes I think like that. Like, why do I get all this praise and adoration? I've done bad stuff that I consider bad. What someone else may say, that that wasn't too bad. You know, I've been arrested you know, what have you. And so you think, but, you know, even though I wasn't, I was arrested and it wasn't because I did something per se, it was just in the wrong place at the wrong time or the wrong place at the right time. So it taught me something, you know, what have you. So, but you think about those things. Well, I do, you know, I, I think about those things. I think about that I'm not perfect, you know. So, so that's why I always tell people, you can inspire someone just as well as I can, you know, because you don't realize it that someone is looking up to you and is inspired by what you do and what you're currently doing and how far you've come and how much more you have to go. So who are the people or actions or things or ideas that, that inspire you? Well, you know, I told you, I, I started watching Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. Yeah. His story actually inspired me. You know, the fact that he realized that, you know what, I'm going to go be this bodybuilder and an actor. And people are like, whatever. Your accent yeah. is horrible. Did you ever watch his, I think it's his first ever movie. It's uh, either The Young Hercules or Hercules yes. in New York, is it? Where I think he's actually dubbed, dubbed over, over because he wasn't speaking English that he, well. He was dubbed over. Yeah. And now he became the governor of California. He's a wild, I mean, a huge name. I've always wanted to meet him, but not in a sense of him passing and just like, oh, no. I wanted to be able to talk and I got really close one time and I don't think that's the last time, but I competed in the Arnold Classic. I remember I said, man, I would love to get on that stage. I didn't think that I could be on that stage. You have to apply and they accepted me. I was like, what? Okay, I'm going to do the Arnold. So I, I go to the Arnold Classic, compete. You know, I did, um, I, played. I got ninth in the first one. Which I was like, dang, that's pretty good. You know, these guys are, 90% of them are enhanced. And so I leave the stage, you know, I'm walking around the expo and I, um, with some friends and we were wanting to go see another bodybuilding ex show, which what, which the bigger guys. And I get there and no one has tickets. So I'm thinking, okay, maybe I just need to buy some tickets. I see two ladies. I said, hey, excuse me, where'd you get your tickets? And one of them was kind of like, oh, we didn't, we didn't buy tickets. And she's kind of walking off. And the other one kind of just didn't say anything, but she starts looking at her purse. Like, I don't know what she's doing. And she says, 
You want to go to the show? Here. She gave me a ticket. Now, my friends had already walked away. So when she gave me the ticket, I said, oh, thank you. I wasn't going to say, can I get two more? Because my friends already walked away. So it's not like I could do that and I sound greedy. She's like, she gave me one. And so I take this ticket. I'm like, oh, wow. Give it to the guy. Go up the escalator. My friends are walking away. They're like, yo, what happened? I said, you remember that, those two ladies I stopped? And he's like, yeah. I said, one of them gave me a ticket. He's like, oh, well, shoot, enjoy yourself, man. I said, yeah. I just said, no, I understand. So I go up there. Plus, they weren't competitors. Well, the girl was, but she was doing something else anyway. And I went in there. I was actually just in disbelief. Like, oh, my gosh, I just got a ticket. Wow. All right. I guess I think I need to go sit down. So I walk in. The lady there says, she looks at my ticket. She's like, okay, I'm about to take you over to your seat. And she takes me to my seat. And it's like almost all the way up front. And I was like, oh, shoot. And, and then there are the girls. We're waiting for you. I was like, oh, all right. So sat with them, chit-chatting. Actually, the one that wasn't that talkative turned out to be more talkative than the other. But they both are just as talkative, you know. And turns out, eventually, what came out, the one that gave me the ticket, she's the granddaughter of the owner, who is Arnold Schwarzenegger's friend, that they put the show on together. I was like, whoa. So... We hung out this whole time. When we got drinks, you know, I didn't drink. I just kind of went with them. Came back to our seat. Then her dad comes over. And he says, come on, let's go. And she's like, he's going with us. And he's like, all right, come on. So we get up. She's like, about to go have some fun. We walk to the front. And there now, we don't, so we're not in regular chairs. We're in a lounge chairs. And we sit down. We're like, oh, wow. I didn't find. Four seats now. It's Arnold. Arnold sitting there like this, watching the show. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness. Arnold Schwarzenegger is four seats down from me. I happened to have a photographer who was in the area that was going to do some photos for me, and she did. I texted her, I said, sit next to Arnold. And she texted me back, says, don't worry. People are going to be like, I'm sitting next to Tori. I said, whoa. <laughs> I didn't think about that. You know, that that could be a possibility that someone will say that about me. And so, lo and behold, he gets up to, the guy, his partner gets up to leave, older guy. And then about 10 minutes later, Arnold gets up to leave. And he has to go in front of me. And there's a police officer behind him, sheriff with the hat on and all. And one of the, the girls knows the sheriff and, and he says hi to her. I'm watching Arnold walk by. I'm like, man, I should just grab him. But I didn't do it. I didn't. I was like, after he passed, one of the girls said, why don't you just do something to Arnold? I was like, I don't want to get jumped by the cop. <laughs> and she said, well, I know the cop. I was like, yeah, I, you know, I didn't think about that. And maybe he would have stopped and said hi. But yeah, so that was my closest opportunity to meeting Arnold. I'm pretty sure you'll get another one. I mean, the, the way you're telling about these things, I think you've got some pretty serious manifesting going on there. I don't know if you believe in that oh, yes, or not, I know. but the way things are happening for you, I think you're definitely in tune with, with that. I appreciate that. And I received that because I think, man, and those girls knew I was vegan because I told them. We talked about it. And so who knows? They may have. And now that Arnold is now understanding the impact of the environment, 
with me. Yeah, he, he did know, that. So, yeah, with um, Jim Cameron. Yeah. James Cameron. Yeah. He did that commercial and I think it was aimed at China as well, right? I'm not so, sure exactly yeah. what the aim was, but the fact that, you know, because <laughs> he did a movie with Sylvester Stallone called The Escape. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've seen it. It was like they were set in a prison. Yeah. And Sylvester was a character who basically, his, his character developed these, these, these prisons. And so anyways, in the movie, they were fighting. And he hit Arnold's character. And Arnold's character goes, he hit like a vegetarian. You know, so I just thought it was funny. So even though it was funny, it's it shows that it's getting more, more momentum. You know, mm -hmm. people are learning more about it, and it's being spoken. It's been talked about a lot. Even if it's been made fun of, it's been talked about a lot. Yeah, exactly. You know? So people like myself being able to help change that myth of how we can look. You know, it it just sheds a better light on it. So, so that was one of the guys that really inspired me. Basically, his story, what he's done. Cool. And but yeah, vegetarianism, veganism, it's definitely being talked about a lot more. But since you're out there talking about that, are are you getting more backlash from? Well, social media is kind of the place where the trolls hang out too. And you know, one of the things that's pretty common, I would say, is a accusing you of cheating on meat, and b accusing you on being supplemented or you know, enhanced, enhanced. In, in some I, way. That's the only backlash I get. I don't get, I get the backlash of being enhanced, but I take it as a compliment. Yeah. Because what that says is my hard work, you feel like I'm using enhancements to get. Hey man, I must be doing something good. You know, because what I get is, you know, the way my chest looks. You know, um, there's a, a condition called gynecomas. It's, it's, you can get various forms of it. Where your your nipples tend on a man tend to look like a woman's, mm -hmm. and some people, some men get it really bad, where they almost have boobs. Whereas mine is very subtle, but it's to the point where it's subtle to the point where people think, "Yeah, see, you you've done drugs." All right, I guess my dad did it too because I have a picture of him next to me, and he has a, he has it just the same, and he don't look that shredded and jacked, you know, unless they put it in my my um. My infant formula, my soy milk, you know, <laughs> but I, I think it's funny, you know, and I know that sometimes I, I can look so veiny and vascular and shredded that sometimes I, look, I, I even have close friends that say, I mean, I'm not with you all the time, so you could, because I mean, you have changed and gotten better, just gotten better at training, you know, and it's just a process, your journey, you understand, you, you understand your body more, you eat more, you, you do things differently, so course you, you hope to get better yeah that's pretty cool that you're just taking it in stride and not even not letting it bother you but taking this as a compliment oh that's, yeah yes so. yes yes so is there anything else that you've learned while building your own brand on, on social media like anything that's really worth worth sharing with anyone listening to not be afraid and don't be afraid I think I want to say two things one thing about the the community and a whole as I think as a vegan community we need to do more collaborating and working together and lifting and elevating each other you know I think we're so feel like we're in so much competition because everybody wants a piece of the pie you know everybody wants to make money so mm -hmm. it's all about okay I've been vegan for two years look at me 
I'm this vegan badass, you know? So now I'm the man, you know? And it's like, I didn't even get into this for that. That wasn't my, I just started saying, hey, I'm gonna be the best damn vegan there is, you know? I'm, that's me, look, Tori's gonna be this vegan, vegan, vegan king, you know, whatever. Now, mind you, people say, Tori, you are the king. I'm like, all right. You know, they said you have to receive it. You have to accept it. And don't be shy of that, which is cool. But I think in the other part, we just need to speak highly of each other. You know, elevate one another. Because there's so much abundance in this world that I think we focus on lack. We focus on what we don't have versus, oh, I can have this. I can have this. I just have to work for it. You know, everybody has a unique gift Mm -hmm. that they can share with the world. I think they forget that because they're, they're so set on wanting to emulate that person's success. But your success is going to be different. You know, there's someone who can't wait for you to come out, you know, and but you have to break out of that shell. And so I've learned that more and more in business and as, as my own personal brand to don't be afraid to take the leap of faith. Just go at it blindly. Like you don't know exactly what, how it's going to end up. Go make mistakes. Because a lot of the successful people made a ton of mistakes. And we are, some of us are afraid to make a mistake because we're afraid of the ridicule or we're afraid of the, what that person's gonna say. Like, I'm sure there's people where I just can't, where I left work, he gonna be back. <laughs> he ain't gonna do that well. You know, and when he comes back, he'll be like, I told you. Or they're watching to see how good he does when he left this blanket of safety, you know. No more 401k. You don't have any more health insurance. What are you going to do? You know. See, I'm, I'm really glad that you brought this subject up because my, my next question is about not just mistakes, but challenges and setbacks that you faced on, on your journey. So is there anyone in particular that you feel like sharing? Being trans, more transparent. You feel like you're not transparent? Oh no, no. I think I think we as we learn more about ourselves, we we open up more. Like I used to be so like with my chest. I did I was concerned about it when I was younger. But then as I got older, yeah, whatever. But then now, you know, now I'm more in the public light. Even to the point where I didn't want to compete unless I knew I was gonna do well. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, so yeah, yeah. You think now that like, people are watching you like see how he does at that show see he got 10th place he ain't that good you know so you think about those things now and then i had to just be like whatever you when you compete it's subjective to that person nowadays it's more than that it's subjective it's political and um, there's an agenda because the guys who are sitting down on this watching you if sometimes they don't know you you won't do that well or if they don't know your team or how much money you've put into the company or, you know, there's someone else has paid them more. You know, there's so much politics mm-hmm. that goes into those things that you have to just basically know that you come with your best package and not be afraid of the outcome. Because if you do it with fun, it, it, it'll translate to your audience, to people that, that look at you, that look up to you. They won't think that, oh man, if he got 10th place, he must be horrible. Let me move on to the next person. It's all in how you take it in stride and be more transparent and open to those things and not allow people's, other people's opinions dictate how you live your life. Yeah, I agree because, and it's often also that 
what we create in our own minds mm. about who's judging us and in what way is way worse than anything that's going on in in other people's minds. That's true. When we just fixate on that one voice of negativity among the thousands that that are cheering us on. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Love, love that. So now that we're kind of wrapping this up, uh, I wanted to ask you just about your business side and you you've got two ebooks out what's what's in the future for for door washington <laughs> so we just talked about transparency right being open <laughs> if it's it did, still it under all, wraps you it, don't need to share okay. it but because it was kind of like something i was discussing today and then just saying what i just said to you i thought about this i was thinking you know i've been so afraid to not afraid but more like it's not fully <clears throat> developed should I put it out there and let it roll? But what what stops you is, okay, someone else can take it. If you don't have it full, fully together, someone else may have the resources to put it together right now. And then they jump the gun on you. You know what I mean? So that was something I just thought I started to go over in my head after telling you what I just said, what, what we just talked about. So, but maybe we can add that in later. But I, I have another ebook coming out mm-hmm. that I just finished the the skeletal you know the write-up you know we have the other stuff to put in but now as my changing my my um training change like i want to share that with others so this ebook will have it would take i started out with primer and now this one's gonna be called sculptor and then the next one is called polish so it's like you're really developing a a statue Mm -hmm. you know and so i'm working on that creating more um different lines of apparel you know because I the apparel was something that was an idea that just kind of came to our heads and like huh rethink protein you know it wasn't like it was a planned thing and a lot of stuff that happens with us what happens with me is it's not planned you know and I that's how I even to this day when I have more speaking events coming up this year I did one speaking event where I planned it, wrote it down. To me, it went horrible. <laughs> you know, of course, people are like, oh, it's great. And you should put it on YouTube. But I like to just come from the heart, come from the soul, come from my mind and feel the crowd and just go like that. Because I already know what I want to say. I just have to be able to let it go. Yeah. You know, versus you write it down and I'm okay. And checking back to make sure I got that point and get that point. And then it's. I feel like I'm not in tune with the audience. You know, yeah. I feel like I'm just a dictator up there talking to them. And like, blah, 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 blah. And then I'm like, uh-oh. Yes. You know, so more projects coming. Um, a big project, that that's the one of, it's, it's, it's so huge, but I think it's necessary. It's necessary. It's, it's needed. Mm-hmm. Because I've had so many people ask me about it and ask me about it from six years ago. And so I think right now I decided to say, you know what, let's just do it. Who cares about how it goes the first time, first go round? And um, we'll just see what happens, you know. So I'm excited about it because it's, it's something that I've always done, you know. And so now to be able to give it to the community, it's, 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 really, it's really fun. Nice. Yeah. So um so yeah, a lot of speaking I have a lot more speaking engagements coming up this year. A new ebook and hopefully not just one, but probably two more ebooks coming out this year. 
and um, I have a lot of clients that I get on stage. I have work. I work with people who are vegan curious and vegan, and so not everybody is vegan. But what happens is they tend to are intrigued by it because they see that it's a possibility to still look just as good and get on stage without having to harm the planet and the animals and the body at the same time. Nice. And now this was the first part of the question about the future, which is your future. And the second part is the future for everyone that you're helping to create. Mm -hmm. What's your vision of it? Where are we heading as, you know, as the human race? If we keep heading into this direction that you're helping create? I think we'll, we'll if, if, if we're heading to the direction of what I'm helping to create, we will create a probably a, a race of unity, of unified people where we're not just saying, oh, we're, this person is vegan or this person that. It's we just are. And we're now starting to, like there's Azalik. You ever been to Azalik? Mm, the hotel. Drove past it, yeah. This hotel was designed around nature. You know, it flows with it. It doesn't cut it off. And so I think if we can, if I can continue to do what I do, I'll hopefully help humanity to flow with each other, flow with the universe, flow with nature. And it, it, it creates such a dynamic cycle of, of liberty, of life, of love, that, you know, I think everything would just be bliss, like, like that true heaven. You know, that we all look for beautiful man that that was awesome now just to close this off where can people learn more about what you're creating and follow you and get in touch toriwashington.com is my website and facebook same tori washington twitter is tori tori washington i think it's tori w washington tori dot washington whatever but you can find me there Instagram is Tory.Washington, then that's T-O-R-R-E, and that's it. Everywhere. Man, that was awesome. Thank you so much for your time, Tory. I appreciate it, and man. I, I I'm always honored. I have to say that I was kind of surprised when you mentioned transparency as your biggest challenge, because just talking to you, you feel like you're just, you're wearing your heart on your sleeve, you know? You're, you're open, so I appreciate it. I appreciate I, I, it. I think that you're you're doing very well in that. Area. Thank you, thank you. You know, it's it's a, a um, learning process. You know, I continue as I can to just be a better person as much as possible. Because you know, there's times when you know you feel like you're in a mood where you're like, oh, I don't feel like talking, and you don't want to come off like, oh, he's a jerk. But I like people. But there are times I just want to chill. You know, yeah. just. We're just, just gonna hang out, totally and that's how I look at anybody else. So you know, when I look at some people that people are like, oh my gosh, I just want to go say hi to this person. He's such a big um, inspiration of mine in music. Blah blah blah. Me, I'll look at him like, oh, that's what's his name. Cool. You know, because I feel like we're all human. You know, we all put the pants on the same way. You know, so you know. But I'm glad that I can serve in a capacity to help people. I want to help people see who they truly are and become who they truly are versus who someone else tells them to be. I think we're going to close it off with that. Hey, thanks so much, man. That was amazing. Appreciate it, brother. Thank you so Thank much, you. man. And that wraps up episode 16 of the Plan-Based Entrepreneur Show. 
As I told you at the start, this was the first one that we recorded live in person at the beautiful Maria del Mar Hotel in Tulum, which is just an amazing place. Not, not just the hotel, but Tulum itself. If you have a chance to visit it, it's about an hour and a half from Cancun, so it's really easy to reach, but you can totally get away from the holiday crowds and the huge resorts and, you know, just enjoy a more natural vibe down here. But, you know, since I am speaking of firsts, I have another one to share. The Plant-Based Entrepreneur Show is now finally available on iTunes. So if you've been getting the episodes through the website, you can now subscribe directly on iTunes and check out all the shows we've put out so far. And if you like it, please rate us and leave us a review, okay? Now, if you want to send in a longer comment or suggestion, you can find us on social media, Twitter at bbentrepreneur, Instagram at Jerry underscore Saver, that's S-E-V-E-R. And if you want to flick me an email, tell me anything, you can do so on Jerry at theplantbasedentrepreneur.com. And of course, if you want to know more about anything that we discussed today or, you know, look up all the Arnold Schwarzenegger movies that Tori mentioned, we collect all the show notes for you and you can find them on the website at theplanbasedentrepreneur.com slash show slash episode 016. That is all for this week. I'll catch you again very soon. Until then, stay awesome and keep creating that plant-based future for everyone. That was awesome. Yeah, we did it. Uh, that was really great, man. That was we went a bit over the time that I told you we'd use, but I, I think, I think that, that happened that was, with me all the time. That was a great story. So 